Guru Vaishnav, Guru Parampara Ki Jai. So, morning everyone, welcome. Nice to be here with you. On the auspicious occasion of the uh, honoring of the Guru Parampara, this is the idea of the Vyasa Puja. And of course, our particular Guru is in the Guru Parampara as well. And so, the Vyasa Puja is a puja. Puja means worship, and that means Vyas. So, Vyas is, in one respect, the Adi Guru, or the original Guru of all the lineages. And why? Because uh, he is the legendary author of all the sacred texts. And if that doesn't make sense to you, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> because our faith in Guru, which is, our, which is, which is the illuminating uh, influence that uh, enables us to, to, uh, to find our, our guide, <clears throat> to find uh, Krishna locally, so to speak, in a way that he comes to us more so than, than in any other manner, uh, our, such faith that is the bond between a guru and disciple that is the very life of anyone for that matter They're, they are their faith as the Gita says Shraddhoyam Purushaha person is their faith so this is the idea of divine faith to have a divine life this is um, what faith is about <coughs> faith is again as I said the other night that which animates the world. Suspicion leads to suspension. So suspended animation, that we don't want. We want to move and move freely, and we can move freely in the homeland of the heart when faith in Sri Guru is established. This is the, the, and the what gives us eligibility to tread the path, veritable path of faith leading to planets of faith and, and all this implies the removal of doubt which is what is causing some hesitation some suspension suspending our animation not, in, not allowing us to move freely hmm? proceeding we are with caution intelligence is, a, is, is the doubter if you will um, that has its Advantages and has its disadvantages. We should doubt in its capacity to be comprehensive in terms of uh, a guide for ourselves, ourselves being constituted of something that's ontologically different and in every way superior to intelligence itself. So how can intelligence alone be the guide of something that it is vastly and categorically uh, inferior to? Uh, that that should be removed. The doubt as to reason's efficacy and uh, place on the altar. Mm. But this uh, faith, then, that is what this uh, bond between guru and disciples is about. This faith that enables us to tread the path and so forth. It's uh, obviously not a an absence of reason, but it picks up where reason leaves off, and it 
derives from, well, the sacred texts. In other words, the guru following Vyas, the author of the sacred text, the editor, the compiler, and so forth. Um, the guru, in the succession, the parampara, one after another, represents the, the lineage and does so by way of citing the sacred texts in answering the doubts of the uh, students. He, in other words, uh, references a body of knowledge that is considered to be conclusive with regard to arriving at comprehensive knowledge, which means that by which we can become fully happy. That doesn't mean knowledge of how to make jet planes or cell phones necessarily, <laughs> but the perfect knowledge is by which we can that 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 knowledge that informs action, as all knowledge does, uh, informs as all actions are informed by knowledge. That knowledge that informs a particular type of action by which we will become fully satisfied. This is perfect knowledge. This is the perfect knowledge that we're all looking for, how to be perfectly happy. Mm. So the idea is that that doesn't come from the world, mm. from nature. Mm. Uh, only indirectly it comes from nature, I should say. Mm. But, um, and it's, un- it's an uncommon type of a knowledge. There we have to go to another point of of reference, this is what the sacred texts then are said to be, shabda, revealed sound, revealed knowledge. It's revealed um, and would seem that, logically speaking, it should be such. In other words, if it is perfect knowledge that we are after, we should not look for it within the sphere, the realm, the circle of imperfection in which we presently find ourselves. We'll have to look beyond that somehow. But, as we heard this morning, how can we look beyond that in our pursuit of perfection, imperfect as we are and and surrounded by imperfect means of of knowing, so the logical necessity for intervention. hmm? And therefore the word revelation, for that matter, with regard regard to scripture. for perfect knowing, to arrive at perfect knowing, we need a perfect method. So again, it cannot arise out of imperfection. It has to come from its own side. If perfection wants itself to be known to the imperfect out of its own, this is its prerogative, and it does so. And this a prominent form of that is then the revelation of the sacred texts, which is like sometimes we say the mother, Veda Mata. Mother knows everything. Hmm? Mother is always right, something like that. Uh, so, you got that, Rishikesh? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, uh, mom, mother knows best, right? Right. Mother knows best. So, Veda Mata. And in this marriage, the mother and the father, the Veda and the Guru, hmm, so to speak, there's no there's no difference. There's no arguing here. There's no divorce. They cannot divorce the guru from the sacred texts. 
he is or she is dutifully bound to represent them accurately and dynamically also hmm? with insight as to the implications of them, the far-reaching implications of them um, in all time and all circumstance. There's a class of people today in, who, who, who think that, um, that there shouldn't be a successor, for example, to my Guru Maharaj because he was so great. <laughs> this misses a, a, a very gross misunderstanding of what his uh, uh, greatness is, um, is constituted of in many respects. But uh, they have no uh, scripture to support their kind of concocted idea of how the succession should go on with no real tangible uh, succession, freezing time, if if you will. Uh, the only scriptural support they marshal to support this concoction is the idea that the guru's words uh, are scripture and and transcendent scripture, which isn't obviously found in scripture, um, although there is some truth to it, some truth to it. Hmm? There is some truth. It's a slippery slope, obviously, because if it's true in the full sense of the term that the guru's words are scripture, hmm, then we're in trouble because whatever any guru says, (laughs) we're left with that. The guru has said it. There's no standard of knowledge to refer to. Hmm? Um, and there we are, uh, really a- adrift, so to speak. Hmm? Um, so there's some truth to that, but th- to understand it entirely, um, if we do, then this idea that they have is, is, um, is proven to be uh, a bad one. Hmm? What I mean by that is that there's some truth to it. It means that there is some truth the guru may speak in in ways that not that are not apparently in the scripture. Hmm? By way of seeking to uh, shed light on, explain the essential meaning, the 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 spirit of the law. Hmm? He may speak about the spirit of the law and appear to be contradicting the letter of the law, but demonstrates artfully, of course, that that's not the case. Hmm? And also, the guru may speak about details hmm? and change details, hmm? but he cannot change the principles. Hmm? So... These people, just as an aside here, we're talking about, they have an idea that that Prabhupada spoke something, which he didn't speak, that's another thing, but they think that he did. And, and they think that it was that that he would be the guru for, for the, forever, and there would be no more gurus in the Gaudiya Sampradaya. That's how it started out. Then they restricted it to his particular mission as it became, the idea became obviously troublesome and problematic and hard to support. At any rate, um, this they said then is he, he the guru has the ability to do such things to change um, details. In other words, they want to emphasize the point that there's some dynamism to the guru. They cited 
adjustments that, that Prabhupada's Guru Bhakti Siddhanta made in the Sampradaya that uh, gave it more life and made it more accessible to the public in in, in modern times and so forth, helped to take it f- across the, the the oceans and through the medium of our uh, our Prabhupada, his disciple, um, primarily to a large extent. So they want to speak about the idea that the Guru has this kind of dynamism. And of course, uh, that's true, but if the dynamism of, of innovation, if you will, and the altering of details for the sake of delivering the principle uproots the principle, then we're in great difficulty. And the principle is that when there is a spiritual vacuum or a spiritual necessity, hmm, then Krishna says in the Gita, evam parampara praptam. I've arranged this system that another one will follow. The spiritual vacuum comes, if you will, at the the time of the disappearance of the Guru. Of course, that's only an appearance. There's only an appearance of a spiritual vacuum. That's why we say the appearance and disappearance. It's the same, really. Disappearing here, appearing somewhere else. Hmm? But disappearing here, appearing somewhere else means appearing in our own midst, actually. Hopefully, appearing in our own heart. Hmm? In a deeper sense, the disappearance of the Guru gives us the opportunity to grow, hmm? to think, to reflect on the teachings and so forth. Hmm? And potentially it also affords us the opportunity to find uh, further guidance in a plurality of gurus, which brings into focus some relativity hmm? that uh, surrounds the absoluteness of the guru disconcerting, hmm, but very illuminating, actually. Uh, without this, 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 you don't have much chance to grow, actually, hmm, and to be the kind of person that the Guru uh, really embodies for us hmm, as a prospect, as an ideal. Hmm. So, anyway, my point is they've done away with the Guru Parampara in the name of a, uh, an adjustment, hmm, a detail, a dynamism. But the very Guru Parampara is what provides us the opportunity for dynamism because it means another is coming who will make new adjustments in new time. <laughs> so if we do away with the prospect of another one coming, then the, the, the opportunity, the, the, the idea of a dynamic Guru and the necessity of that, the, the value of that and so forth is all, is all lost. You follow? Hmm? So not a good idea, a bad idea. Therefore, uh, by and large, the emphasis is that the guru will speak according to the Shastra. There is a standard of knowledge. So we honor the guru Vyas, Vyasa Puja, on this day. The, the worship of Vyas means the worship of the whole guru Parampara, and of course not at the exclusion of our particular uh, guru and guide, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur used to hold this kind of ceremony once a year um, on the appearance day of himself. His disciples would gather, they would offer some homage and so forth that he would speak. And so the tradition has been been carried on. <clears throat> and uh, it's a larger tradition throughout all the different spiritual disciplines of, uh, of India. Um, 
that wherein this Vyasa Puja, if you will, is often celebrated on what's called the Guru Purnim. It comes in the in the summer. Our just to bring it home for us a little bit, our Sanatan Goswami, who in many ways is is the architect of our our, our lineage, direct uh, uh, associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, appeared on the Guru Purnima, disappeared, I think it was, disappeared on the Guru Purnima. What a loss, we think. Hmm. That day in Vrindavan, everybody, man, woman, and child, shaved their head because he was known as, what is it? Um, Muni Baba, shaved-headed Baba, hmm? and so everyone just to, he was he was so uh, dear to the inhabitants that it is said that even the thieves would come to him for advice to sort out quarrels amongst themselves, and he would give advice to them on the level of, that they that they sought it. Hmm? while at the same time penning books like Briyat Bhagavatamrita and his commentary on on the 10th canto Srimad Bhagavatam and, uh, his uh, his work in Hari Bhakti Vilas and other texts which are very uh, profound theological contributions to the lineage and to the to the real to the religious theistic the spiritual community at large in the world so he was uh, uh, at any rate, very dear to to everyone, and and the evidence is this: without thinking, they all shaved their heads to say we're we're with him, something like that. Yeah, that occurs on the on the Guru Purnima. <clears throat> we honor him on that day, but that is another anyway. The Guru Purnima form of this Vyasa Puja, honoring Vyas, the in this respect. The Adi Guru. There's other ways in which we speak about him. We'll hear about it from the text we're going to discuss today. That Krishna is the Adi Guru, of course. Krishna Dwaipayana Vyas, his name is. Vyas means compiler, but he, this is a particular compiler of uh, of, of the of the of the shabd of the sound. Uh, Krishna Dwaipayana Vyas. He's considered to be a particular type of avatar of Krishna. Shaktya Avish. Avatar, empowered with the Avesh of the Godhead. In this case, there are different types of empowerment. Avesh means empowerment. Gyan Avesh, empowered with knowledge. Hmm? The knowledge of the sacred text, which includes, of course, knowledge of Bhagawan and, and uh, the, the, the form of the Godhead, his leelas and pastimes and so on and so forth. <clears throat> so, so we honor him, and he's the author of the text, and so we honor the guru who speaks according to the text, uh, and one who says this, that, and the other thing and cannot support it from the text is not given so much serious consideration and is thought to be making it up as he or she goes along, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reference to the text, as I say, is nonetheless dynamic, and so there is some scope for adjusting details to deliver the principle, but we cannot do away with the principle. Hmm? In the name of being dynamic, we cannot, in the name of, what the Guru speaks is Shastra, we cannot say what he's, accept what he has said that trumps the Shastra altogether and does away with the principle in, for all intents and purposes. The Guru Parampara and the prospect of any dynamism by way of adjusting time and according to time and circumstances, adjusting details, uh, 
in, in the future. So, we honor Vyas means we honor the texts, hmm? the sacred texts that he authors. We honor the guru then who comes in a succession that, that articulates a world view that is supported by the text. And Gaudi Vaishnavism is one such uh, lineage. Hmm? There are other Vaishnav lineages and there are other non-Vaishnav lineages in all of the sacred uh, schools of India, but all of them agree with this, uh, that are worth their salt, so to speak, uh, agree with this uh, this principle. Hmm? used to be that without a commentary on the sutras of Vyas, the Brahma Sutras, some called, sometimes called Vedanta Sutra, then uh, you didn't have a, a lineage, so to speak. If you could mount such a commentary hmm, in a manner that you uh, were able to collect the faith of others, then there it is. Hmm. You've got you've got a, a guru parampara, you've got a lineage, something like that. Hmm. So, we're honoring the Vyasa Puja, and in this regard, I wanted to uh, read a little bit from the Chaitanya Charitamrita, where the Guru Tattva is described, and uh, I'll speak from a few verses that the author Krishna Kaviraj Goswami cites. Hmm. Um, to explain something about the guru, something that he feels is important. This comes at the very onset of the book. In fact, it is a commentary. These verses are part of a commentary on the very first, uh, the first two words of the whole text, Chaitanya Charitamrita. And Chaitanya Charitamrita means Chaitanya consciousness, charit, character, amrit, immortal nectar. So the immortal nectar of the character of consciousness. Very interesting idea because many schools, uh, all of whom honor Vyas and the sacred texts, as I mentioned, uh, limit their discussion about this subject that must be, f- must be answered outside of nature, that nature can only indirectly speak about. The subject is us. Consciousness, the subjective side, as I said last night and I've said before, the why am I, the existential crisis that, uh, that, uh, that consciousness in human dress experiences. Why am I? Hmm? So, you know, say you're leaving home and you're living on your own. <laughs> it's funny how it feels when you know that life is real. Those first moments when you think, I've got to do it myself. <laughs> Hope it works. <laughs> yeah. But when you understand how big the task really is, you think, I can't do it by myself. To get by in terms of my material necessities, uh, to an extent, I can fight that out. And that will lose. That's for sure. For some time you may survive, but you will lose the battle in the struggle for material existence to exist materially as you know yourself, as you think yourself to be. Ayurharati vaipum sam. Ujjanastan jayanaso. 
The Bhagavatam says it in a loud way. It has a beautiful verse. I love the sight. What could be speak more loudly to us than the rising and the setting of the sun? Hmm? If it didn't rise tomorrow, that would be big news. If it didn't set tonight, hmm, neither the world would either. Hmm? But every day it rises and sets, or so it appears, as we move around <laughs> in circles ourselves. Hmm? And the rising and the setting of the sun, Ayur Harati. Hmm? This is the, 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 the metaphorical, poetic Kal Chakra, the wheel of time, hmm? moving across the, the, the horizon, across the sky. And what is it t- doing? Ayur Harati, Vaipumsam, and no one is excluded. It's a, at first it says, no one is excluded. Ayur Harati, Vaipumsam. All people, their life, their Ayur Harati, is being taken away by the rising and the setting of the sun. So you will not survive that. You may struggle and struggle hard and to some extent be successful for some time at the cost of others' survival. We have to, here we have to kill to live. We have to learn to die to live. This is a very different lesson. You can understand. You have to get that message somewhere else. That instruction you have to get somewhere else because material nature tells us you have to kill to live. You have to kill to live. Jiva jiva manam. One living being is food for another. This is the Darwinian perspective in some respects to which there's considerable truth. One living being is food for another, the Bhagavatam says. But it doesn't stop there. Hmm. So nature is teaching us, in, in a sense, you have to kill to live. Hmm. We should scratch our heads and think, is that a good idea? We do. We're human beings. There's something happening to us that's different hmm, than consciousness in less complex forms of life. We find there's a place for kindness. I don't fit. <laughs> You know, it doesn't fit with, with nature. When Darwin looked at nature and the way he saw it, he lost all appreciation for aesthetics, aesthetics and, and you know, poetry and feeling and, and, and ostensibly, arguably, caring. I don't mean to make him out to be a... But he cared enough to look into it, but this is as far as he looked. And it washed away the prospects of caring and meaning. Hmm? And some mean people have jumped on that hmm? and tried to just ram that down our throats as if this is the meaning. Hmm? There is no meaning. There is no, there, there, there is no, there is no ontologically rooted morality even. Hmm? There's no real reason. For there is no good, there is no bad. Hmm. These kind of ideas. There is, may be some truth in that. That is another thing in the, in the transcendence. You see, everyone is speaking the truth to one extent or another. You just have to turn it a little bit. Hmm? Turn it a little bit. Hmm. won't go into that, but... <clears throat> but, no, we think that... Uh, as Vedantists, there is a good, relatively speaking. There is a bad. Hmm. Hmm. 
And there is a place for kindness, and it's us. It's why we feel uncomfortable as human beings. Why should we feel uncomfortable as the lords of nature, in a sense? You understand? I mean, we have a great capacity to control over the less complex forms of life. We manipulate nature in so many ways. Hmm? And we're, we're pursuing that and having successes in that. We're led to believe that we're just on, perhaps on the verge of conquering the whole thing. We are the gods. Hmm? We can change the nature of nature. Uh, something like that. Uh, the very thing that they deny that there couldn't be a god that could change nature because it has its laws. <laughs> Nonetheless, they're trying to change it. <clears throat> Within the context of the laws, perhaps, to change the way it moves, and they may think. Hmm? But the reason that we are somewhat uncomfortable in human life, despite our sitting on the throne, if you will, of nature. Nature has provided us a throne here. The thinkers. Hmm. And so we, we can think that we are. We can, we have, there may be consciousness here or there, but there is no, we don't find self-consciousness. Just see. Uh, of course, then they'll reason that is an illusion also, but nonetheless, this is this is there's a pride, there's a pride in this. We've we're at the top of the ladder, it's thought, but we're still uncomfortable there. We're uncomfortable because we're actually a unit of kindness. Actually, we have some sensibility that that we have some experience of ourself in human life. That the self is is a, is a, is a, it has a potential to give. It's a, it's a unit of, of giving capacity. Hmm? It needs to, but to find the right object to rep- repose itself in. Hmm? Hmm. So Bhagavatam wants to go further and talk about this side of ourselves. Hmm? There, and therefore it, it makes an exception. While it says, you cannot be successful... Hmm? in this struggle for existence. Ayurharati Vaipumsam. The sun is saying, with its rising and setting, your life is being taken away. Hmm? But we don't listen to that. Hmm? But Bhagavatam, said, Bhagavatam goes on to say in the same verse, Tasyarte Arjunonite Uttama Shloka Vartaya. Harati Uttama Shloka. Harati means Ayurharati, being taken away. Harati, stolen away. The word Hari comes from the same root. It's a name for God. He takes away. His name is, comes at the end of this verse, Uttama Shloka. He takes away. How does he take away? Not like nature takes away. In a very harsh way, nature is taking away our life. Uttama Shloka, in a very different way, is taking away our life. Rupa Goswami describes this Uttama Shloka. Uttama Shloka means... Beautiful poetry. Hmm? Uttam, supreme shlok, like poetry, supremely poetic. Hmm? He says, Rupa Goswami, don't go to the banks of the Jamuna, where Krishna is standing there in his threefold bending form, playing on his flute, 
adorned with a peacock feather, because if you go there and you see them, you'll never be able to return to the small world of your so-called friends and enemies and uh, and things that are dear to you and so forth. He'll take them all away in a very different way than nature is taking away. Hmm? And in a more profound way, he will take away. Nature will take away our life, hmm? but will not take away that which is which is causing us to have another life and remain within our grip again and again. But the Uttam Shloka, the poetry of the Bhagavatam, in which he appears before the Rasikas, hmm, who find him in the poetry, who, he, he's manifest there. Hmm, in a charming way, he takes away their life. Hmm. And for that person, the rising and the setting of the sun has no no bearing. Hmm. So such persons, this this kind of uh, this is the kind of sangha we want. This kind of um, association that we may learn to apply ourselves hmm, to the answer to the question of life that comes not from nature, hmm, but from the subjective world, from the world of consciousness. Now, most schools, as I'm saying you follow me, say, <laughs> let us move from matter to consciousness. Hmm? But this book we're going to get to here, the Chaitanya Charit Amrita, as I said, it speaks about the immortal, the, 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 the immortal and nectarian character of consciousness. Hmm? The nectarian Character of consciousness in immortality—that's much more than in a, in, in a name of a book. Uh, that should make us think: Whoa! It's not just talking about consciousness being different from matter. That's a big thing. That you are different from matter. That that nature cannot be the, your comprehensive guide. She can be a good guide, hmm? no doubt. Rising and the setting of the sun is is a pretty pretty loud statement, but how to listen to that and see what nature is telling us? Hmm? Nature's promoted us, so to speak, through some type of evolution, evolution of consciousness-driven evolution, to the human life. Hmm? Here we are at the top of the ladder, and nature is telling us you're nothing. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter. If you come to the top of the ladder, I can send you back to the bottom. Hmm? Again. Hmm? Whatever you've attained materially is nothing. But human life is valuable to attain materially in as much as you use it for pursuing the transcendence of human life. Hmm? By answering, pursuing wholeheartedly the, the, the existential question and concluding logically that my existential question, which is a question of consciousness, cannot be answered by the objective world, natural world, matter, unless consciousness is matter. But there's no good support for that. The two things that are very different in character 
diametrically opposed in character, are the same. Hmm? And the old world, and the present world, and the world to come, will always be, hmm, to one extent or another, and I would say to a larger extent than not, preoccupied with this idea and sensibility that consciousness has more meaning, more value than things, that the two, that there's a difference between the two. Really, and it's true, if you look back in history, civilizations, there's two ways that civilizations have started. One, by cows, and two, by gurus, saints. This is the, this is the root of, of, of real civilizations, the world's great civilizations. You're not going to get away from this uh, idea. Hmm? And why should we? It's it's ourself. This uh, this is the uh, this is the uh, uh, perennial philosophy that I think term coined by Leibniz and popularized by Huxley. Hmm? It won't go away. Hmm? To, so to turn then from the objective world, from matter and whatever, it's only indirectly teaching us. Hmm? You've risen to the top, still see, you're not comfortable. There's Durga with a pitchfork <laughs> poking us. Just see. She says, go to Krishna. Go to Radha Krishna. Hmm? Go to Krishna. I myself, Durga, am a manifestation of Radha. Hmm? She says it, I say the same thing. I'm doing a little indirectly <laughs> because of who you are. <laughs> That's all the way you've been behaving hmm? against your self-interest. Sometimes the correctives have to be a little, little forceful. Hmm? Spare not the, you know, spoil the child, spare the rod, something like that. It's, a, it's an old saying. There's a little truth to that. Sometimes it would be abused, I'm sure. <clears throat> I had experience of that. But... In an indirect way, and to some extent, but for the full teaching, hmm? the comprehensive teaching, the teaching that can consume us hmm? and give us uh, uh, explicit and uh, uh, ongoing direction, hmm? particulars and so forth, this we have to turn to the world of consciousness itself to learn about consciousness. This is what the sacred text is about, and the guru is representing that. It's to move under the guidance of the guru in a systematic way towards our prospect. Hmm? So and here we find a book, Chaitanya Charit Amrit, as I said. It doesn't speak only about the difference between consciousness and matter, which is very profound in and of itself, right? But it wants to speak about the, the, the nature, the character of consciousness in immortality. It, it, it seeks to say, in other words, by the very name of the book, that consciousness has a life. It's not just the stopping, if you will, uh, of the oppression of, the, of material nature. Hmm? That is, to stop that would be a relief, no doubt. Hmm? But is that the sum and substance of the experience of consciousness? And it has a negative connotation. Hmm? 
I've arrived at something that's not that. Well, what is it? <laughs> it's not that. It's not that. It's not, it's not dying. It's not old age, disease, and dying, and rebirth. It's not that. It's not that. And we're pressed to say, what are, are you ever going to talk about what it is? It's beyond words. I can't, can't talk about it. This book is talking about it. It has a different idea. It says, yes, it's beyond words. And therefore, there is not enough that we can say about it. Hmm? The Amrit. The ongo- in, 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 Amrit means Amrit. Mrit means Mrityum, death. Amrityum, deathless. And Amrit means nectar. It is said that there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a juice, a, 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 an elixir, hmm? drank by the gods, Soma. It gives them their long life. That it's it's described as being so long in the text that it looks like it's like forever. Oh well, that's that's a long time. Okay, I'll go with it. Hundreds and millions of years, and I won't have to worry about it ever ending. That's too long. I'll probably die before it ends anyway. <laughs> Something like that. This kind of uh, confusion <laughs> and pursuing the such. Uh, uh, such a life, a heavenly life, as it's thought, as opposed to the spiritual life. Hmm? But all that is just to say, it all ends. Hmm? However good you could make it in your head, hmm? it's going to come to an end. You have to go outside of your head, if you will, to get to your heart. You have to go outside of that. Hmm? And the head is is speaking loudly to us. Hmm? We get ahead in human life. We get ahead. I don't mean we really get ahead. I mean we get ahead. <laughs> we do. We get both two types of heads. We get ahead. We get ahead. We can that we. <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> Need a few heads to figure. You get ahead. The, the first person is is depicted as four-headed. So, yeah, the Brahma. So the descendants of Brahma. So you get ahead in human life. You get to think about things, and it's 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 big, it's fat. Hmm? You get a fat head. It's, it speaks very loudly, and it speaks so loudly that the heart can't be heard. Hmm? It makes the head makes a wedding relationship with the senses, and then it starts to reason how to gratify them. Hmm? That what makes us a big animal. Animals are trying to fulfill their basic sensual needs, but they haven't got the same head that we do. Should we use our head just for the same thing? That is a big animal. Hmm? Or could the head be used for something else? Could the head be used to bring out the heart? That it's, it's there in everybody, like I said. Even the thieves want to divide the loot honestly, fairly. Hmm? Even the thieves want to give in charity, you know, the mafias to, to somebody, for example. Hmm? No, yes, we should use the head to soften the heart, to let the heart come out. But it's this is difficult. So, hmm. guru is for this. We're going to hear. Speaking so loud that that our head is our, is 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 drowned out enough 
we can start to hear the heart. The heart can start to beat. We can have a real life, a life that's really different, really different than any other life form we've experienced, categorically different. It's a heart, becomes a heart-driven life, it's a giving life rather than a life that's, as I said, that we, we kill in order to live, we take in order to live, an exploiting life, a giving life, li- living, uh, giving and thereby living. It's very different. You see, this is a very different kind of life than any other form of life. Hmm? But, to, to, but to put our head in place, so to speak, hmm? this is not the difference really between human life and animal life that we have the power to reason. That is a difference. But there's a bigger difference, is that we have the capacity to love, to do things voluntarily, hmm? in a big way, to give. Hmm? And that actually tends to contradict the head, because the head would tell us if you give, you, you end up with less. But the experience, as I've many times said, is we end up with more. More of what? Not necessarily things. Hmm? Maybe subtle things, like the praise of others. But if we really give, we aren't just in that either. We're getting something more than that. Hmm? And we, 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 the fact that we get it, we are getting something more of that, it's evidenced in that those who actually give without expectation of getting, hmm, in praise of themselves, find, uh, are able to find their own faults. Hmm? This is uh, uh, <laughs> so getting getting is uh, uh, something very kind of intangible from a material uh, vantage point, but something profound that I don't have to take. That I become a, a, li- a living vessel of giving myself. So Chaitanya Charitamrita at his onset he wants to talk about that, how to quiet the head and hear the and hear the heart. Hmm? That in, in, in a profound way, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, that we may come to know about the immortal, as I say, character of consciousness, Amrit, its ending of death and its nectar. It's not the nectar of the gods that they drink that gives them a long life like that, but it, it, it actually gives one immortality. Hmm? Immortality, but but uh, uh, gives us access to the immortal character of consciousness, meet the life of consciousness, hmm? the positive uh, aspect of immortality, not just as I said earlier, what it's not, what it is. And this, or ultimately, of course, comes to Leela, hmm? and the and the and now a, a movement that looks similar but categorically different in the movement of material life, a movement out of fullness rather than out of emptiness, a movement of giving rather than a movement based on the need to take and fend off and defend oneself and so forth, this kind of uh, fearful life hmm? beyond fear, hmm? no exploitation, exploitation, no taking, this is a very artful and a beautiful kind of movement. And 
deep, deep within that movement. We find Krishna Leela, there's Ram Leela, Narayan Leela, this Leela, that Leela, and then Krishna Leela. And deep, deep, deep within Krishna Leela, as far as you can go. If you look at Krishna, you see Krishna. Look closer, the Gaudiya say. What do you see? Look closer. Think about this. Now what do you see? I see Radha. You see Radha and Krishna? Yes. Look again. Do you see Radha and Krishna? Yes. Again. Do you see Radha and Krishna? No, I only see Radha. No. Hmm? Krishna's moving even to the background. <laughs> Look again, what do you see? Hmm? Again. We f you look again, we find the one became two. Hmm. Amongst the two, one started to take precedence. Hmm. The love of Krishna started to take precedence over Krishna. And as I looked in that direction, then, the two became one in Chaitanya. Hmm. If you look at Krishna Leela, Hmm. If you look at Krishna, first glance you find him, then you see Radha Krishna. And then you keep looking carefully. You see, oh, the prominence of Radha. She's, the, in one sense, the guru of Krishna. Right? And so on and so forth. The, the supremacy of bhakti, of love. And then we find, we look again, and suddenly the two, it's become as Chaitanya. Radha bhava duti suvalitam nomi Krishna suvalitam. Don't think for a minute that this idea that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is God is some type of stretch of the sacred texts. Hmm? We'll get to that tomorrow. Oh, the Goswamis have so profoundly, so powerfully pointed this out. It's an undeniable hmm? conclusion. Uh, if, you, if you get their argument about Krishna in the first place, which is, which is also a very good argument, to say the least. So, Chaitanya Charitamrita, this is the book. Of course, we have the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu tomorrow that we're celebrating. But this book begins with the words Vande Gurun. So it offers respect to the Guru. The very first two words of the book on the immortal character of nectar, character of consciousness. Vande Gurun and Gurun is in the plural. So there's a plurality of Gurus that uh, Krishna's Kaviraj wants us to enter into, which makes for the possibility of our understanding the absolute and the relative nature of the guru, both sides, very important, very interesting. Hmm? He restricts himself here in the text in terms of speaking of a plurality of guru to two types of gurus, the initiating guru and the instructing guru, the diksha and the siksha gurus. Hmm? There are other types of gurus as well. There may be the sannyas guru, the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had many gurus. He had um, his diksha guru, Ishwarpuri. He had his sannyas guru, Keshava Bharati. He had his ragmar guru, Kibhavi Prakibanashi Shudrakinena, Jai Krishna Tatuveta, Se Guru Hai. This is his pranam to Ramananda, his ragmar guru. Hmm. Ye Krishna Tattva Veta. Ye Krishna Tattva Veta. It gets very plural now. Ye Krishna. 
Tatmabita Se Guru Hai. He says, it doesn't matter. Ramananda was, of course, from a, 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 ostensibly a lower class in the Hindu, Hindu class structure of, of society. Hmm? And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was from the higher, but he was taking instructions from him. Hmm? He said, it doesn't matter. He said, he says, I'm spiritual. Whether it's a man or a woman, black or white, a sudra, a brahman, a warrior, it has no bearing to me. If that person knows Krishna, that person is my guru. Hmm? I go there. If the person knows Krishna, then I'm at his feet. I'm at her feet. If she's older than me, younger than me, fatter, thinner, it doesn't make any difference. More beautiful, ugly. Hmm? This is beauty. He wants to take it to a whole other level. Hmm? A spiritual idea of guru. So, in the context of finding his guru, his rag guru, he found a guru everywhere. Hmm? Whoever can help me in my pro- with my problem, hmm? my longing for Krishna. He was at such a point, longing for Krishna. Whoever can help me with that. This is this is a. Obviously, a, a culture of, of respect for others. He is the one who taught. Amanina manadina, kirtaniya sadahari. And if we move to respect others, expect no honor for yourself. When you have developed such a longing for Krishna that he speaks later on in Shikshastakam, ayinandatunujakingaram patitam mam vishamebabamudu kripayatavapadabhangaja stitudulisadrisham vichintaya I'm helpless. All I can do is cry. Hmm? He's saying, hmm. and my hairs are standing on end. How can I go in the public like that? <laughs> Look at me. I'm a mess. I'm needy. Hmm? When one becomes so needy, the whole world is answering to the cause. Nature stands up and looks at that and thinks, oh my God, so needy he is. Hmm? So needy she is for my own source. I become servant of that. The environment starts to work then. Hmm? In favor, as a favorable wind. Hmm? This sense this in nature then becomes the guru in a prominent sense. He can learn lessons profound lessons about himself, even from nature, who's subordinate to consciousness. Now, seeing consciousness come out in the full with this kind of yearning for union with a dynamic union in love with God, she's also serving. So, Vande Gurun, the plurality of gurus. As I say, here in the beginning, he restricts himself to speaking about two types of guru, the Diksha and a Siksha Guru. Hmm? But as we see, as I'm citing here from later on in the text, the whole the plurality of gurus is very much uh, played out in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And of course, it's not at the cost of the respect of any of them. Hmm? Why? And this is the main point he wants to make in his text here. The guru is one. What? <laughs> you just said there were many. You Now you say there's one. This we have to get used to this kind of thing. Hmm? Apparent contradictions. The Guru is one appearing in many forms. 
So he wants to make this point here. He wants to make the point that the Guru is Krishna. He resides in the heart. Hmm? We were so enamored by our fat head that we've gotten in human life hmm? that we stopped listening to our heart. In the beginning, the head wasn't so fat, so as a child, the heart was coming out more. We were prepared to express our neediness without any problem. We would cry and run to a stranger for help. But the head grew and the heart shrunk, something like that. This is the problem. Guru's in the heart. He says, actually, I should say, he speaks of three gurus. The Diksha Guru, the Siksha Guru, and the Chaita Guru. The Chaita Guru makes the Diksha and Siksha Guru one. Hmm? Chaita means consciousness. It means, in a broadest sense, our own conscience. Hmm? That voice that speaks to us when our mind says, do this, and our senses call us to do that. And that voice that says, but it's not good for you. It's not the right thing to do. It's not the kind way to be. Hmm? We, it's hard for us to listen to that. Hmm? Especially when no one else is, it seems. <laughs> this is the, the culture. And so we're driven towards animality hmm? rather than towards what our humanity affords us. So he says... This Chaita Guru, this is in the heart, hmm? he says, but out of his infinite kindness, he comes outside of the heart and stands before us as the Mahant, Sadhu. Hmm? And he performs the function as of Diksha and Siksha. Diksha means to impart the wisdom. Hmm? It's, a, it's a transmission Abdivya Gyan, transcendental knowledge in the form of the mantra. Hmm? With then, to, then the shiksha is the instructions how to unfold the package, how to open the package. He's given it. He's, he's, it's a gift, so he's it's gift wrapped, hmm? very nicely. And then the shiksha has to come. You get the packet. How to figure this thing out. Oh, look, it's, they gave me this. How does it work? Let me open the book. And, and those are always harder to read, more troublesome. You want to skip to it, you know, but no, don't skip over that. The Vodiksha without Siksha. Oh, it's like a boat without a captain. Hmm? And some people say, well, therefore, Siksha is more important, so who needs Diksha? But Siksha without Diksha, like a, like a captain without a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good, good idea. We need, we need both. Of course, one one manifestation of guru can function in both capacities, and of course, for the most part, it does. But there can, at the same time, be a plurality of manifestations of guru who give us siksha over the course of our spiritual progress. Therefore, the siksha guru tends tends to be more of a plurality, dealing with instruction which is varied, hmm, and which are numerous. Hmm, and the diksha tends to be singular, one diksha guru, because there's one mantra to give, 
maybe a couple, but it's given, it's given once and it's given and you've got it. Hmm. No need to get it again if you've got it from the right guru, but there's a need for, the, for what it's all about to unfold through hearing good instruction that will enable us to pursue a course by which that mantra will unfold itself in the context of, of, of um, really uh, using the gift, if you will, with to chant the mantra. Hmm? Pay attention to that and so forth. And there are things that we can do that help us to pay attention, understand it's the importance of doing it and so forth. It's corner us, so to speak, with so much instruction like, this is the most important thing. I know it doesn't look like it. You sit there and you just, you know, do nothing, it seems, but no, this is the big thing. Hmm? Hearing, chanting, so forth. So, <clears throat> the Chaita Guru, the Guru in the heart, it means the homeland is in the heart there. Hmm? It's there. This is, has to be excavated. This, uh, the heart has to be opened, explored. Hmm? Uh, there are many, and there are many things in there that have to come out. Hmm? Krishna is there, deeply buried in there, hmm? under so many other things. We, hmm? And the connection, the, he comes outside speaks to us louder than our head and turns us in the direction of our heart and our prospect. He gives the mantra. And what is the mantra? The form of God. That tells you something about the form. We're talking about forms of God. The teaching is the mantra is the form of the deity. Nard, in our Bhagavatam discourses we heard not recently, Nard gave the mantra to Vyas that he himself had received. Hmm? And he said, the mantra is the form of the deity. So don't think that Krishna's form is something material. Uh, and that form that corresponds with the mantra, that is a more substantial form than our material form. Hmm? So the proper chanting of the mantra, it means he appears in the mantra, and in a particular way also, hmm? relative to our prospect, our potential, and so forth. Hmm? Arranged by Krishna, Brahmanda Brahmite Kon, Bhagyavan Jeev Guru Krishna Prasade Bhai Bhakti Latavija. Krishna sends the Guru. Who can argue with that? Your choice. Is it your choice? <laughs> Krishna sends the Guru. What does he do? Even before we can choose, he's engaging us. That is called Agyata Sukriti. Without our knowing, Bhagavan, through the form of the Guru, is taking us in the direction of Bhakti. Does Krishna not know what he wants, what service he might want to accept from us in eternity? There may be some destiny. <laughs> It's possible to think about it like that, of the soul. Hmm? That upon the contact with the sarup shakti, of bhakti, hmm, causes it to respond in a particular way and have a particular um, relationship with Bhagwan, Or to not have a relationship. Depends how you respond to that opportunity of bhakti. Hmm? So, some determination perhaps, and some, some will on our part 
compatibilist position between determination and free will is the position of the Baladev, Baladev Vijabhushan, the great Vedanta, Gaudiya Vedanta commentator on the sutras. Hmm. But here we put some emphasis on the other side. Hmm. Krishna sends the guru and the guru forcefully comes and speaks louder than our head. Hmm. We had many thoughts in the head, what would be our prospect, who we are in life. Hmm how we would dominate and, and rise above and so forth. And then humbling us, taking us off the throne, so to speak. Hmm? And just an, allow, allowing the heart to come out. Hmm? So he says that the Cheta Guru is there, but he mercifully manifests outside as the sadhu hmm? to give us diksha and siksha that we may be able to uh, um, hear him. We can't hear him in the heart. Hmm? We're not listening to our our heart. If we listen to our heart, we know we have a necessity. Hmm? That's thought to be a bad thing, I suppose. Or we, we listen a little bit, so we, we know we have a necessity, and we try to solve it with our head. But this necessity is big. It's It's huge, as I said, so... The guru is for this. Hmm? So this is, a, this is the overarching point that Krishna's Kaviraj wants to make at the onset of his Chaitanya Charitamrita, that the, the guru is Krishna. We need Krishna. Hmm? We need God in our life to make a comprehensive solution to our predicament. Hmm? And even though he's in the heart, which is coming out in human life, we're not listening, so he comes as the guru. If you could listen, I could. I suppose you could say then you wouldn't need a guru. But that is, to think you're such an exception would be a fathead, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a theoretical. Yes, I suppose it could be possible, but not in you, sir. <laughs> Definitely not. You're demonstrating that yourself. Hmm? Ah, so. He, then what he does, Krishna's Kaviraj, he explains this idea. He wants to say that the guru is not a foreign imposition upon us. Uh, but it's natural. It's our, it's our heart, so to speak, prospect coming before us hmm, to exemplify and uh, what, what we could be and instruct how we could, how we could become such. Chart the course and uh, and and uh, and provide the favorable winds of good instruction and so forth. Mm. And so, in order to support his point, then he wants to cite from the sacred texts. So he cites nine verses from the sacred texts. As I said in the beginning, right? The guru is not just going to makes it up as he goes along, but he there's a there's a body of knowledge, this revealed knowledge that he is wedded to, so to speak. Hmm? So Vedamata. So he agrees with the mother, he cites the scripture to support his, his, his point here. That what? There's a plurality of gurus and the guru is one. Hmm? The guru is Krishna. He comes into the world in a, in a number of manifestations. We have technical terms for some of them. The diksha, the siksha, the vartma, pradarkshaka, this, that, uh, hmm? and ultimately it comes very 
very broad and non-technical. Hmm? The more the more of a student, that is to say, that we become, hmm? the more we're finding teachers everywhere, you know, saying the same thing. Hmm? So unity and uh, diversity at the same time. There is one and different at the same time. Hmm? The message in principle is the same. The details may be different. So stay tuned. It's a good idea. Hmm. But let's go through, this is my point here, some of these verses, these praman verses, these evidentiary verses. He cites for the sacred text to support his point. Hmm? First of them is uh, what? He says, very famous verse, Acharjamam vijaniyam navamonyeta karichit namarcha buddhasuyeta sarvadeva maya guru. This is a nice verse. What's the time? 11.27. What's the schedule? Today. As usual. Who's in charge? (laughs) It's definitely not me. (laughs) Nitai. Oh, it's posted. We got four minutes, three and a half. Well, that's a long introduction. (laughs) Okay, so we we, let us let us continue this evening. How's that? We go through some of these uh, verses and have time for questions and so on. We'll take the question from from Jason, from Jason in New York. Yes. Jason Kijai. <laughs> Good to know you're out there. <laughs> first he says, Raga Guru, I'm not sure I understand how this is different. He says, Haribo, Mark. Haribo. If Guru is a manifestation of Krishna, and if there can be many types of gurus in our lives along the way, then should we understand them all as manifestations of Krishna? If we should understand it, then he stopped and said, Hari Maharaj. Is that enough information? It was he saying if there's many manifestations of guru in our lives, should we understand them all as manifestations of Krishna? Yes. Yeah, why not? Um... um he gives further clarification. He says, if we should understand it in this way, how to reconcile the fact that sometimes it appears we may be getting different directions from time to time. Because you only take the t- directions that are correct. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, let me give you an example. And, and, and I don't want to go too deeply into this, but as we'll go into it tonight, the final Praman verse in this section of Chaitanya Charitamrita it is cited by Krishna's Kavirajas from Lila Sukhor, Bilbamangal Thakur's uh, Krishna Karnamrita. And in that verse, Chintamani is identified as a guru. Mm. And Chintamani was the name of a prostitute that Lila Sukhor met and said something to him that sent him in the direction of Krishna. She probably said a lot of other things, too. <laughs> And he didn't listen to those. <laughs> but what he did listen to that, 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 that was right, <laughs> that sent him in the direction of Krishna, 
he so much uh, uh, derived benefit from that 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 in his perfection, I mean, this book of Lila Sukkis is extraordinary. It's written just just uh, without any thought, so to speak. It's not like a scripture that's written to teach. It's just <coughs> overflowing of his bhava. And um, in it, inadvertently, so to speak, and without thinking about it, he's honoring her, Chintamani, as one of his gurus. It doesn't mean that everything she might have said or everything you ever heard from her. So sometimes we may get an instruction from someone and for some time, and it may very much help us in our spiritual life and take us in the direction of Krishna Bhakti and so forth. And another time we may find that instruction is other instructions are not are not useful and so forth. And we're not bound by to take the ba- bad advice. It may come. Hmm. Krishna works in wonderful ways. Krishna is the guru. He may then manifest here, and then he may become unmanifest there. It's possible on a lower level and manifest here. Hmm. There'll be one person he manifests in. He doesn't go away from. That's true. Still, even that person may advise us to a certain extent relative to our necessity and progress. Hmm? And our necessity and progress may be different at another time. Hmm? And another manifestation may come to help us. Uh, that help? He says, ah. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Ragmar Guru of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu means, yeah, he's, he's already on the Ragmarg. I mean, who couldn't be, uh, how could he not be Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? But he got specific instructions about Rag Bhakti, hmm? very deep instructions from Ramananda. After all, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is Krishna in the mood, trying to pursue the love of Radha, and Ramananda is the incarnation of Radha's dear friend, Vishaka, Gopi. And so she's helping him to understand how you can pursue Radha's love. She has much experience of that. So, in that sense, he's the Ragmar Guru. So, anything else? Any other question? You got it. Okay, good. Nice to know that you're you're that out there, and not too far out there. <laughs> Staying in the orbit of all these things. That's good. We hope to improve our technology over time. How's it How's it coming out out there to the cyber world? Looks and sounds great. That's what Jason just said. Okay. Madam Gopal said they're waving. Looks can be deceiving, but the sound, that is very telling. Who? Hey, Brajasundari. Oh, good. Madam Gopal said they're waving to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> very good. All right, so our program will be then now we'll engage in some ritual and uh, expression of love and and then uh, continue that for some time into the Arctic for Gaur Natinanda and then there'll be a feast, right? And then afterwards, 
there are so many things you can do. You can talk to other devotees and share your experiences. Hmm? Also, the Vyas Puja site is up, so you can go and check their offerings. You can go on your computer and, and see the website with all the offerings of so many friends and so students. Hmm? You can do that. And you can take rest if you need it. And you can also weed in the garden if you like. <laughs> yeah. So many things. So, see Vyasa Puja ki jai. Ye Guru Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Shri Sri Bhakti Bhadanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai. Jai Sri Lagor Kishore Das Babaji Maharaj ki jai. Jai Sri Kedranath Bhakti Vinod Thakur ki jai. Jai Sri Rup Sanatan Bhattaragana Sri Jeeva Gopal Bhattasrakana Sad Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Sri Sri Gaur Nityananda ki jai. Sri Panchatattva ki jai. Sri Sri Krishna Balaram ji ki jai. Si si Radha Madan Mohan ki jai. Si si Radha Govind ki jai. Si si Radha Gopinath ki jai. Si Vrindavaneshwari Radhe ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Si Goranga Mahapurabhi Bhamamusipatiti ki jai. Si Vyasapur Mahamusipatiti ki jai. Gaur Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Gaur Premanande Bolo.